It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to Under the Hood, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am Andrew Smith, the voice of the Fuel. Glad you've joined us as Indy hits home for most of the rest of November. The schedule really begins to heat up as we get near the holidays. The Thanksgiving holiday coming up in just a little bit over a week as we record and release this. And between now and next Saturday, the Indy Fuel will play six games. Four of them will be in the friendly confines of the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, where the Fuel are 3-0 and this year. They're 6-2-1 and to start the season. A tremendous start for head coach Duncan Dalmeo's team. It's been an eventful couple of weeks since we last came to you on Under the Hood. The Fuel swept a home weekend on November 4th and 5th against Iowa and Kalamazoo and then took three out of a possible six points last weekend. A tough 3-3 three and three on the road as the Fuel traveled to first place Cincinnati for a pair of games, rallied in the third period and got a point out of Friday night's game before falling on Saturday, and then on Sunday, the Fuel headed up to Kalamazoo and won that game 2-1. to one. So Indy currently solidly in second place in the Central Division with three more big division games coming up this week and six division games in the next two weeks, starting on Thursday, November 17th, as the Fort Wayne Comets visit the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for the second time this season. The Fuel won the first matchup on opening night, 7-5. And then after a trip to Toledo on Saturday night, the Fuel will return home Sunday for a 5 o'clock game against the Wheeling Nailers. And then next week, they'll travel to Wheeling the night before Thanksgiving and then come back home on Friday and Saturday, a Black Friday matchup with Iowa, and then a Saturday night matchup with the Kalamazoo Wings. And we'll get you all caught up on the promotions for those games later on in the show as we take a look at... The Indy Fuel start later on as well. We'll hear from a couple of guests. Alex Weidman returning to Indy and now setting a record, becoming the franchise's all-time assist leader. And also on Saturday, November 5th, we had USAC Racing Night and had a couple of special guests visit the booth. Thomas Meserol and Bobby Santos III, a couple of USAC drivers. And we will bring you that conversation. That was a fun one with a couple of the outstanding stars of the USAC series, which is wrapping up its season out on the West Coast this week and next as well. And we were so glad to have those guys come visit the booth and uh, talk a little bit of hockey, talk a little bit of racing with us. We'll bring you that interview a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's recap the last couple of weeks for the Fuel and... We'll start with the home weekend, November 4th and 5th, as the Iowa Heartlanders came to town. Most notably, that game were two things. Number one, Zach Driscoll made his debut with the Fuel and stopped 22 of 24 shots to get the victory. And also, Jan Mondot scored his first career hat trick at the pro level in any league, and of course he's played a number of years at the American Hockey League level in the Czech Republic, and now the last year and change in the ECHL, the first time he's ever brought out the hats. Here is how that hat trick sounded from Jan Mondot. Center point now. Murphy has his pass picked off. Here comes Brian Lemos the other way with two Heartlanders chasing him. Lemos to the backhand. Stops left circle. Feeds the trailer. Mondot scores! Jan Mondot! A short-handed goal! And the Fuel lead up one to nothing. 
Sends it low. We're back to five aside. Mondot, right circle, shoots, scores! Jan Mondot, his second of the game for the right wing circle as it deflected it on the way in and banks past Jones and the Fuel restore a three-goal lead. It's four to one. Face-off one by the Fuel, Perot, able to flip it out to Malone, two on one through the neutral zone, ahead to Mondot, he's got an open net, hat-trick Jan Mondot, and the Fuel lead it five to two. The Fuel went on to win that game 5-2. to two. Mondot with a shorthanded goal to get the scoring started and then punctuating it with an empty netter later on in the game. On Saturday, November 5th, the Fuel put three goals on the board in the second period to defeat the Kalamazoo Wings 5-1. to one. In that second period, Chris Cameron and Jakob Poor each scored to get the Fuel on the board. Puck in behind the Kalamazoo net, Mondot. Is able to win the puck, feed it out in front, Cameron scores! Jan Mondot wins the puck below the goal line, on the forecheck, spins off of it, finds Cameron coming down from the point, below the hash marks, on the inside of the right wing circle, Cameron catch, release, back of the net, and the fuel have struck first blood, as Cameron beats Cormier on the glove side. The Fuel lead a one to nothing. Center point, Chaika Rister wide. Chase Lang hops on the rebound off the carom. Banks it off the bottom of the cage. Van Oshaw left circle. First shot to goal. Jakob Poor with the goal as the Fuel doing the work below the goal line and a back diagonal pass. Found Jakob Poor in the left wing circle and he hammers it pass Cormier to give the Fuel a 2 to nothing lead. But the big moment of that game came when Fuel goaltender Zach Driscoll robbed Logan Lambden on a breakaway. This was later considered the ECHL save of the week. And here's a clear breakaway for Logan Lambden. Lambden shorthanded, goes forehand, backhand, and a tremendous save made by Driscoll who flashed the pad to Rob Lambden on a breakaway from his own blue line in. Lambden tried to pull it to the backhand, and Driscoll followed him all the way and made the left pad save. And so that 5-1 to victory swept the weekend for the Fuel. Last weekend, the Fuel headed to Cincinnati, fell behind 3-1 to on Friday night at the Heritage Bank Center going into the third period. But Cameron Hillis, one of the new guys, scored a power play goal. Alex Weidman had the assist, giving him the team record for assists, passing Josh Shala, who had 73 assists. Alex Weidman now with 74 in his Indy Fuel career. That goal drew the Fuel within one at three to two. And then just over two minutes later, Jan Mondot and Seamus Malone fed Keone Teixeira for the game-tying goal. That sent the game into overtime where Cincinnati's Lincoln Griffin would win it 56 seconds in. But the Fuel will get a point in a tough road venue. Saturday night, the Fuel not as fortunate. They fell 5-2 to two in a game that was probably most noted by the return of Andrew Ballant to the Fuel lineup. He had an assist and an absolute whale of a fight with Brandon Yamans. Here is my friend Andrew Mossbrook's call of that one. And now the gloves are going to drop. The puck drops through to the gloves. Brandon Yamans is going to go again, and he's got Andrew Ballant against him. 
two relatively smaller guys, and Yaman starts rocking him. Bullock throwing it too, and those two go down together. And so the Fuel finished the weekend with a 2-1 to victory in Kalamazoo, scoring a pair of times in the second period. Nate Pionk, his first goal with the Fuel coming shorthanded. That, by the way, the fourth shorthanded goal for the Fuel already this season. That leads the league. Karel Chaika added the game winner from Jakob Bohr and Chad Yetman later in the second period. And Fuel goaltender Mitchell Weeks returning from Rockford stopped 25 of 26 and was outstanding in the third period, stopping 12 of 13 to preserve that 2-1 to victory in Kalamazoo. Always a tough place to win. And as we've mentioned, there's been a little bit of player movement for the Fuel. Mitchell Weeks returning it to the team after a stint in Rockford. Also, we saw Chase Lang injured last week in Cincinnati, so the Fuel signed Andrew Ballant to take his spot in the lineup and played the last couple of games last weekend after really lighting it up in the Southern Professional Hockey League to start the year. Of course, Andrew played a number of games with the Fuel last season, played 13 games, and was with the team for a good chunk of the year, also was with the team in training camp. Also, Mitchell Holscher was called up to the Springfield Thunderbirds, where he is contracted in the American Hockey League, and the uh, Fuel received Cameron Hillis, He was one of the guys that came over in the series of trades that sent Riley McKay to the Montreal Canadiens organization. Cameron Hillis returned. He's now contracted to the Blackhawks as he was uh, playing for the Montreal Canadiens and their organization and actually played at all three levels last year. The ECHL with Trois-Rivières, the AHL in Laval, and also one game in the National Hockey League with the Canadiens. And he made his presence felt with a goal last week. He has six goals and six assists in 20 ECHL games last season. And this, a right shot forward, joining the Fuel roster and and playing well. Again, young NHL contracted player. Also in team news, Jan Mondot has announced that in January, he will be headed back home to the Czech Republic, his home country and place where he had played up until the spring of 2021 when he was given a two-year suspension by the International Ice Hockey Federation for testing positive for a controlled substance. He took advantage of the opportunity to come to Indy, took advantage of the second chance he was given here in Indy and has just been a pillar of the franchise, been a pillar of the community, stayed here over the summer, did a lot of public relations work and a lot of appearances on behalf of the team, has 12 points in nine games and has been uh, just tremendous for the fuel. But it's a great opportunity for Jan to get the chance to go back home. He said it was a very difficult decision, but he feels it's something that's going to help him in his career and let him be closer to home. He's going to continue to play until the beginning of January when he's eligible to go back home, and he's going to give 100% effort to win games for the Fuel and for you, the fans, because you are the best fans in the league. And head coach Duncan Dalmeo said, I don't think it can be understated how important Jan is to our team. It's a big hole he's going to leave, but the truth is we built a team for scenarios like this. We knew that guys could get called up, guys could move on, guys could get injured. Those things happen over the course of the season, and we're ultra-confident in the other players who are here. We thank Jan for what he's done and thank him for what he's going to do, but we also say if we care about him and we want what's best for him, then we support him in the decision he makes and everything that comes with it. 
And I think that is really the right attitude to have. Yes, we're going to miss Jan. We're going to enjoy him for the next month and a half before he heads back home and enjoy watching what he does in a fuel sweater. But at the same time, you want to do the right thing by your players. And the fuel organization from the beginning has really made a name for trying to do the right thing for its players. And Duncan Del Mayo absolutely is a player's coach and is somebody guys love playing for because he respects them as hockey players and wants to help them get where they want to be in their careers. Yes, they want to win games for the Indy Fuel. Yes, they want to perform here for you, but these guys have goals of getting to the next level, getting to the American Hockey League, getting into the National Hockey League, and playing at the higher levels in Europe where Jan will be playing in one of the top leagues in the world. And so you wish them well in their opportunities to do that. And so we certainly wish Jan the best. As we mentioned, the Indy Fuel have a lot of home games coming up starting on Thursday, November 17th, as the Fuel take on the Fort Wayne Comets. It's a thirsty Thursday. Enjoy $3 Bud Lights, $3 glasses of Oliver wine, $3 specialty vodka cocktails, and $3 fountain drinks throughout the night. And also Sunday, after a trip Saturday night to Toledo, Sunday at 5 o'clock start time as the Fuel return home to take on the Wheeling Nailers. That will be the first time we will have seen Wheeling this year, the first of five here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. It's the first family fun day of the year. It's a kids eat free day. It's also Princesses and Pirates Day. You don't have to travel out to sea or a land far, far away to enjoy a magical day with a family. Enjoy an afternoon out as the Fuel put on a show for people of all ages You'll feel like you're in a fairy tale as princesses and pirates roam around the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. And yes, kids eat free. Then next weekend, the Fuel will travel to Wheeling the night before Thanksgiving. On Black Friday, they return home. It's going to be a blackout at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. The first 1,500 fans get a free Fuel blackout shirt for the 7 o'clock face-off against Iowa. And then on Saturday, November 26th, it is Marvel Superhero Night. The Fuel will wear special Black Panther sweaters as they take on the Kalamazoo Wings on Saturday, November 26th. And we will have a post-game jersey auction as well to give you the opportunity to bid on those beautiful game-worn jerseys. It's time in the show where we listen to our guests. Our first guest is Alex Weidman. He has recently become the Indy Fuel's all-time assists leader. At the time of this interview, he was one away from it. But Alex coming back to the Fuel after playing three seasons in Europe and one in Cincinnati before that. And he was a member of the team from 2016 to 18. Also played a couple of seasons of junior hockey here in the Circle City with the Indiana Ice. So this is his third trip back here to Indy. And here is our conversation with Indy Fuel forward, Alex Weidman. First of all, Alex, welcome back to Indy. Uh, what's it been like uh, being able to return to a place where you've played and had a lot of success in a couple of different stints in your career? Yeah, thank you. Um, happy to be back. Um, you know, this is always a place where it's it's always circled in in my uh, in my mind, in my heart. Um, I really enjoy it here. Uh, my wife really likes it here. Um, but it's been good. Every, everyone's pretty much new except for you know Flinchy. Uh, that's usually a constant around Indianapolis. Um, but the guys have been awesome. Coach has been great. Assistant coach. Uh, it's pretty it's been a pretty seamless transition so far. As you were coming back from Europe this summer, was that the familiarity here with with the fuel and the organization, with the draw to be able to come back and and sign with Indy? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And one thing that stuck out the most was uh, Jim, our owner, uh, took time out of his you know busy schedule. He's a you know very uh, um, important uh, businessman around the city. Um, he's done a lot for the community and hockey community. Um, and for him to take time out of his day to, to call me and um, you know pretty much uh, he really wanted me to come back um, and that really stuck out to me and um, close to home close to where my wife is from in Cleveland Mm -hmm. Um, so it it made the most sense and we're super happy with our decision first week back ECHL player of the week three point night on opening night a four point night the next night how nice was it to be able to kind of get back in and have a couple of big games to start your season yeah it's always um you know, you want to start off on the on the right foot. Um, obviously, I didn't think I was going to do that, but you know, I'll take it when it comes. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was fun to be back in this building, and, and the place was rocking. And uh, you know, I'm glad we were able to get a win for them on our first night, first game. Just describe what you guys have done well through four games with three wins so far, and you're scoring a lot of goals up and down the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, we're a team. We can we can beat teams in uh, different ways, mm-hmm. right? We have we have a pretty high potent offense, which is always nice. Um, you know, if you want to if you want to get rough and tough, we have we have guys that can do that but they can also make plays and you know a lot of teams have guys that do that but they don't really get a whole lot of ice time our guys that do that are very important to our team um and uh you know we weren't totally happy with the way we played last weekend uh we got out of there with a split and that's a sign of a good team that can uh you know still come out with a few points even when they're not playing their best your three years in Europe, what was that like for you, just culturally getting a chance to play in different countries and, and also hockey-wise, what was the, the difference playing over there versus playing here in North America? Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I played in three different countries in, in three different years, uh, which isn't the most ideal, but it's just the way it worked. Um, there was a lot of Google Translate being uh, typed out on my phone. Um, as far as the hockey goes, it was uh, it was it was fun. It's a, it's it's different because of the ice obviously mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. Um, a lot of puck possession. There's not a whole lot of time out here uh, or back in North America. Um, I think the first game we played against Fort Wayne was the most fights I had seen in three years. <laughs> so um, getting used to that again. Um, but you know, other than that, it's uh, fairly similar. But you know, there's still you know, a few things that I like more in, in North America definitely um, than the European game. Seems like things happen a lot faster here because of the smaller ice, and you've got to make plays in tighter spaces. Yeah, and that, and that took me during training camp. I was mm-hmm. really uh, I struggled for the first you know week, week and a half, just being in the corners. I'm I'm so used to having a, a ton of room and being able to to move around back there. Um, but you know, uh, coach and, and, and the captains and stuff, they've put out a pretty good game plan for us um, and I, I, I feel like I've adjusted a lot quicker than I thought I was going to for sure You're kind of a group of players that's come out of St. Louis that uh, have played really well, had great careers in the pros I know your brother was part of that too mm-hmm. with the NHL mm-hmm. career he's had yep. you know, What is the culture out of hockey in St. Louis and, and describe how that has allowed you guys to develop in 
into a community that's developing consistently a lot of professional hockey players. Yeah, um, you know, like you said, we're we're a really tight knit crew. There's, um, you know, there's probably I'd say. 15 to 20 guys on an everyday basis that are uh, training together, skating together, um, and all walk off. Europe, NHL, doesn't matter where. Um, we're all friends, and we're all coached by former Blues players. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're f- super fortunate to have those guys that stayed, got married, had kids there. Um, and, you know, it just so happened that I was pretty lucky that I had a few NHL players that had sons my age. Mm-hmm. So I was, we were coached by those guys when we were, you know, before we could even tie our own skates, mm-hmm. um, which is huge for us. It's huge for the St. Louis community. And now you're really seeing that um, I think it was 2016, the draft, where there was five St. Louis kids taking the first yeah. round, which probably won't ever happen again, no matter if it's in Toronto or another, you know, huge hockey market. Um, that just that's unheard of, and you know, we owe a lot of a lot of that to those guys for sure. Uh, Alex, thanks a lot. Good luck this evening and and throughout the year as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. Alex was the ECHL Player of the Week. The first week of the season has four goals and nine assists, thirteen points in nine games, and ranks among the league leaders in scoring this season. Our second guest, this is a bit of a special and different type of interview that we usually do because it doesn't involve hockey. Saturday, November 5th, we hosted USAC Racing Night and had a couple of the stars of the USAC series. And of course, USAC has three divisions, national divisions, I should say, midget, sprint, and silver crown. Thomas Mezzerall, a full-time midget driver who also drives in the other divisions. And Bobby Santos, a full-time pavement driver who drives at all three levels, stopped by the booth to chat with us and talk about their seasons. And so here's our conversation with our guests from USAC Racing Night. It's USAC Racing Night, and it's we've got a couple of special guests in the booth with us, Bobby Santos and Thomas Meserol. And as thank you for joining us tonight. Enjoying yourself so far as uh, you get a chance to show off this great racing that you guys do and, and also enjoy a hockey game tonight. Yeah, what a great game. Uh, so far, I've seen two goals right in front of our seats. So uh, excited to be out here. They got a midget on the ice. That's pretty awesome. Well, this is pretty cool. This is my first game. Uh, didn't realize how exciting this action is. Uh, definitely going to take the kids more. Um, pretty cool that the fuel's leading right now. Looking forward to uh, the last period. I'll talk about the uh, the seasons you guys have had. In you know, Bobby, you started the year with a win at IRP. You finished uh, your midget season a couple of weeks ago with a win at IRP as well, and um, and won the won the championship, the the pavement championship there. And I know you've had a lot of success in a lot of different disciplines over the years, but it's going to describe the year you've had so far. Yeah, I mean, we had a great year, uh, especially at IRP, which is uh, pretty cool, close to, uh, close to here. But uh, got a USAC Silver Crown win there. Got a couple uh, pavement midget wins there. Um, but overall, you know, we got eight wins this season. Um, you know, wicked happy with the season that we had and the success we had. And uh, looking forward to a couple big shows in Indy next year with the uh, Hoosier 100 and Twin 25s at IRP. Yeah, and notice the Hoosier 100 being moved to IRP, and I know... Many years, it was a couple hundred feet north of where we are, the the great track here at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, which unfortunately no longer being used for auto racing. But uh, 
how special are those big events like the Hoosier Hundred, like uh, I know the uh, the Turkey Night uh, Classic that you'll be running in here in a few weeks in California and Eldora, some of the tracks that you're able to run. How much fun is it to to run in front of big crowds and big events like that? Yeah, to me, the, it's all about the big events. Um, you know, I think the biggest events in racing, uh, you know, Turkey Nights, the uh, the Hoosier Hundreds, the night before the Five Hundreds, all those big races. That's what uh, that's what I feel like. You know, you show up for those are the races that you want to win. Um, you know, I feel like uh, you know guys like myself, Thomas. That's what we look forward to is those kind of events. And always the people, you know, you bring more people and the, and just the amount of the competition and the racing is a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing being in the Midwest and just getting to be at some of these awesome tracks like Eldora, Gas City, Kokomo here in Indiana, Terre Haute. You know, they're Circle City, you know, so close to uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, say Circle City opening up a couple of years ago right in my backyard in the southeast side of town. and great to see not just that but the sport growing a little bit as, as you have some new tracks to run out like Circle City as well as some of the legendary tracks like Kokomo and Terre Haute and in Lawrenceburg and some of the other places in the area yeah Circle City was a great addition you know especially being in Indy I feel like it needed a dirt track so bad and uh, so excited you know besides having the BC 39 which it would be really nice Doug Bowles if we could do a little bit more racing uh, at the BC at the at the Indianapolis Speedway but uh, it, it is an awesome event you know the the people it brings I feel like we're standing here because of that event potentially yeah absolutely and we you mentioned the BC 39 how special is it to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway oh it's a dream I, I for for me for sure you know it's it's not quite the speedway but uh, you know that dream is really hard to reach and and but here we are still getting to to, to race at the speedway and and shake hands with Doug Bowles and uh, you know it's just an awesome event uh, Thomas I know your season your third midget points and uh, have had a, a really good year. Just describe the year you've had. Yeah, I have. I've had a really good year. I've actually won a Circle City Track Championship in the 410 non-wing sprint car. Um, I think I picked up about 10 wins. You know, the RMS race in 7X is always really good to me. We're getting ready to go out west to California and finish off the year with Turkey Night. And, uh, you know, just excited to be here at the Fuel Game because uh, this is a neat experience. You know, we're at the dirt track a lot. We're at the racetrack a lot. And uh, so to just be a spectator is really neat tonight. As an athlete, how much do you enjoy watching other athletes perform and being able to kind of step out of your element a little bit where you're not really in, where you don't have to be as focused as you are when you're behind the wheel of a race car, where you can just sit back and take it in and watch watch people in another sport perform at a high level. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, huge respect watching other sports. I mean, between watching these hockey players are unbelievable, basketball, football. I mean, all the all the other sports are unbelievable. The athletes out here, how fast they skate, the uh, the speed that they're moving down the ice is unbelievable. And uh, you definitely don't get that appreciation unless you're here. You know, there uh, there's some definitely some mean athletes out there. 
Yeah, and, and for me, you know, I've, I turned the funnest thing I ever did, which was racing cars, into a job, and it's, it's kind of a job, you know, and so it is nice to come to these and just have a no pressure, you know, I'm risking my life a lot of the times because race cars are dangerous, so it's nice to come to these things and have no pressure and watch guys, um, brawl. <laughs> And as somebody who has been a fan of your style of racing for a long time, just from a driver's perspective, going from a midget to a non-wing sprint car to a silver crown car, what's the, what's the difference, especially because some, sometimes you'll drive both, all three cars in in one show or in a weekend? It is tough to do the two cars. I feel like the sprint car and the midget back-to-back is tough because the midget is so light and the sprint car is heavier. And then, uh, and Bobby can clear this, the silver crown is even more. So it's really just momentum and weight and gravity. You know, you're fighting those things in all three classes. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's tough to run all three in the same night, but uh, it's something that I take pride in and enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, I think you get a sense of accomplishment when you can be successful in, in multiple disciplines in one night. Yeah, only the good guys can do it well in all the classes. Well, I know, Thomas, your your teammate Justin Grant, I believe, is clinching the Sprint Car Championship tonight. Uh, describe the describe the relationship you guys have being out of the same shop in, in the midget cars. Me and Justin have a great relationship. I like to think I had a little bit of influence getting him in there on the team um, because he, he I've been racing with him for a long time, and you have to travel the road with these people, and you have to get along, and we race each other, you know, and so we have a good, a good enough respect that, you know, there's nights that he's going to beat me, there's nights that I'm going to beat him, and there's nights that I need him to rely on getting better, and it's... It's been a really good relationship. Uh, hats off to him for picking up the championship, and and hopefully we can get he can get a little momentum on the midget deal because he's real close to doing two of those. I'll ask both of you here. What's your favorite track to run at? If if there's one that really sticks out, what's a, what's a favorite place you you enjoy running? Um, I mean, for me, you know, I've been lucky enough to race all over the country. Uh, my favorite ever is probably Irwindale Speedway out in California, but. Um, we're spoiled here in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, IRP, what they've been doing, Casey Kohler and those guys at IRP have been awesome and uh, feel real blessed and lucky to race it. Another one of my favorite tracks at IRP as often as we do. IRP is awesome, and you mentioned Irwindale. I loved Irwindale. I got to run a late model there, modified, a midget. I won a midget race there, um, so those were great. Phoenix and Pikes Peak were awesome. Volusia's really fun in the dirt. Uh, Lawrenceburg, Kokomo, Eldora. You know, there's so many. Calistoga, Manzanita was scary, but it was also awesome. So uh, just excited to be here. I know, uh, Thomas, you're you're somebody who runs both dirt and pavement. And, you know, Bobby, you're, you, you're more of a pavement guy now. But what is it like going from dirt to pavement? Because it's almost two completely different styles of driving. Oh, it is. You, you, de- you know, it's it's tricky because each car really wants what it wants, and you just kind of have to give it to it. So it always takes a couple laps to just kind of like get your mind in in that mode. Yeah, I mean, I have huge respect watching the guys that are uh, that are good at doing both. It's uh, it's really you know you you definitely have to respect those guys. I mean, you see guys that are pavement guys, dirt guys, but the guys that can do both. Um, it's impressive and uh, it's definitely fun to watch. I appreciate Flow Racing getting to watch, you know, Thomas and Justin and those guys uh, do the dirt racing. 
Well, Bobby Santos, Thomas Mezzarell, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck the rest of the season. I know you've got the West Coast Swing coming up uh, in the midget cars, but uh, good luck the rest of the year. And thank you so much for uh, for joining us this evening. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. I want to thank Thomas Mezzarell and Bobby Santos for dropping by the booth, and Richie Murray from USAC as well for helping arrange that conversation. I want to thank you for listening this evening as the Indy Fuel gets set to take on the Fort Wayne Comets and Wheeling Nailers this weekend, and then Thanksgiving weekend on Black Friday against Iowa, and then on Saturday against Kalamazoo. You can get your tickets at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office, all Ticketmaster outlets, and get all your ticket information at 317-925-FUEL or by visiting IndyFuelHockey.com. Of course, all of our broadcasts as well. Home games broadcast on our audio stream at Mixler.com slash IndyFuel, which you can find on the Fuel website, and all games home and away on Flow Hockey. Looking forward to the numerous games the Indy Fuel have at home here in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast. I am Andrew Smith. We will see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.